You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in the house of God. And I feel today there is an atmosphere of breakthrough. There's an atmosphere of miracles. There's an atmosphere of signs and wonders. And I don't want to miss the move of God. I don't want to miss what God is doing. I came to praise. I came to worship. I came to shout. There is something on the inside of me that wants to praise. Friend, I want to tell you today is not the day to be silent. But I feel that we are on the verge of a breakout moment. We are on the verge of one of the greatest revivals, one of the greatest moves of God. And this morning, I believe that is in our praise that it is in our shout I believe God is gonna you guys are good thank you so much I believe that God is gonna dust somebody off that you may have came in all religious you may have came in all crusty Mike as loud as you can go you may have came in all apathetic just keep it that loud thank you you may have came in apathetic or complacent but I believe that God is getting ready to break us out of casual Christianity. I believe that we are in a moment of time where the presence and the anointing of God is getting ready to deliver his people. The days of playing religion are over. The days of playing church are over. The days of this halfway in. Sorry, I don't have time to give you a little bit of sugar to help the medicine go down. I came today to give the enemy a black eye. There is a pushback against darkness there is an assignment of the enemy to water down your praise to water down your shout to water down your fire but I came to put every demonic spirit I came to prophesy not just to you but to the enemy that his days are over that today is your day to get set free today is your day for a breakout praise I'm talking to those that have been on the sidelines. God says, I'm going to put you on the front lines. Some of you that have been asleep in the light. Some of you have been asleep in the church. There is a trumpet being blown. I don't have time to beat around the bush. We are living in a Joel 2 moment. There is a trumpet sounding in the American church. There is an alarm going off in the American church. God is calling his people to wake up out of complacency and to wake up out of slumber. And I'm excited this morning that I'm in a church with fire. I'm excited this morning. I'm in a church with passion. See, it's it's very tempting when you're in revival. By the way, if you don't know, you're in revival. It's very tempting to be in a church like this where the anointing and the presence of God is moving and to get casual about it. I want to tell some of you interns, don't get casual with the anointing and the presence of God. I want to tell some of you older folk that have been here, don't get casual with the presence of God. I travel all around America almost every weekend out of the year. And let me say from an outside perspective, what God is doing in this place is not
not casual. What God is doing in this place is not normal. There is something special that is moving in this house. Very, I wish somebody was more excited about what God is doing in their church than a skinny kid from California. There is something happening and the temptation is, is to get used to the presence of God. See, David said, Lord, I will praise you every day. He said, your, your glory and your power is more than I could fathom. David said, I'm not going to reserve my worship and my praise for once a week. I'm not just going to praise on Sunday. The greatest problem we have in the church is we have people that praise on Sunday. They worship on Sunday. They sing on Sunday. They dance on Sunday. But there is little to no spiritual life in our Monday, our Tuesday, our Wednesday, our Thursday, our Friday, and our Saturday. And God is delivering the American church from weekend visits. He wants full custody. God does not just want a half-hearted, watered-down praise for an hour and a half. God is jealous for your affection. He is jealous for your time. See, when I come in this house, people say, why are you always shouting and praising? Does it take all that? Let me make something very clear. It doesn't take this type of shouting and this type of preaching. If you want to stay where you're at, you don't have to shout. If you want to stay where you're at, you don't have to praise. If you want to stay where you're at, you could stay in depression. You could stay in bondage. You could stay living your life, not seeing the dead raised, not seeing the sick healed, not seeing demons cast out. But if you are in this place today and you say, I want the more of God. I want the power. I want the anointing. I don't just want a once a week night, one night stand with the presence of God. I want the fire and the anointing. Then it takes radical praise. It takes radical worship. It takes radical commitment. It takes a radical shout. See, when I praise, it kills my pride. When I praise, it kills my arrogance. I believe that God is going to raise up men in the church that aren't afraid to get undignified. I believe that God is going to raise up men that say, it's not just my wife that's going to show up to the prayer meeting, but I'm going to man up in this place and I'm going to praise God like he's worthy of my praise. I'm going to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. If I could do it for my football team, I could do it for his presence. If I could do it for the basketball team, I could do it for his presence. I was telling Pastor Master Vlad back in the in the very back, man, when I didn't know that was his sister, I was like, whoa, he was serious about that. But I was telling him in the back, it is amazing how when I wasn't saved, how when I was in the world, I would be at the club, I would be at the party, nobody ever told them to turn the volume down, nobody ever complained that the music was too loud. I can't remember a time going to the DJ and saying, I just don't like this song, can we do a different song? I remember partying with people that were passionate, 
people that were excited, people that knew how to dance and knew how to worship for darkness. And I remember getting invited to a friend's church and I stood there in that dead cold church and I didn't understand why in the world it was socially acceptable to praise and to shout and to sing to demonic powers. But now that we are in the kingdom of light, friend, just because you are saved, it doesn't mean you have to be soft. Just because you are saved, it doesn't mean you can't dance. Just because you are saved, I wish somebody would help me preach. It doesn't mean you can't be excited just because you are saved. See, Paul said, therefore, we did it for unrighteousness and uncleanliness. Now, therefore, do it for righteousness and holiness. Paul said, I used to use my arms to shoot up heroin. Now I use my arms to praise. I used to use my lips to mock and to curse. Now I use them to worship and to prophesy. you got to understand that you're allowed to be excited. You're allowed to be passionate. You're allowed to praise. The Bible says that where the Spirit is, that there, I feel like preaching this morning, that there is liberty. And what Paul was saying was not just freedom from drug addiction or from bondage, but Paul was saying you don't have to be all religious. You don't have to be all dusty and crusty. You could praise like God has saved you. Why do we praise this way? Because I remember a time where I was in bondage. Some of you have a certain type of praise. It's called if it had not been for God praise. If it had not been for God, I wouldn't even be here today. If it had not been for God, my marriage would have never made it. Come on, somebody that has that type of praise ought to shout. If it had not been for his mercy, if it had not been for his grace, if it had not been for his fire, does anybody remember what their vomit smelled like? Does anybody remember the chains and the bondage? I'm so glad that he picked me up. I'm so glad that he set me free. I'm so glad that when I didn't see worth, he did. But we forget. We forget where we came from. And then young people get saved. New people come in this house. And God will raise them up to shout and to praise and to worship. And meanwhile, some of us have gotten casual. We've gotten used to the ark of God, used to the anointing. From the greatest killer to revival is not pornography or adultery. It is complacency and normal. The way that the enemy comes into churches and comes into meetings and quenches out the fire of God is when we lose our expectation, is when we lose our passion is when we lose our praise is when we don't come expecting God to move there are many of us in this place this morning that just came because it's what you do on Sunday morning but God says I'm going to get ready to change why you come to church David said that's why I praise him every day that when I come in here pastor this is not abnormal for me I'm not uncomfortable praising I'm not uncomfortable shouting it's no problem 
problem for me to come to the altar because I'm at the altar in my living room. I'm not talking about a man cave. I'm talking about going into a prayer closet and saying, I'm going to get connected to the presence of God. Nobody has to cheerlead for me. I don't need my favorite song to praise. I could worship and I could praise because David said, you are worthy of it. He is worthy of undignified shout, undignified praise. There are certain praises and certain things that you are in that you can't get out without praise. There are certain things I can't prophesy you out of. There are certain things I can't pour oil on you and get you out of. There are certain things that only a committed life and only praise can get you out of. We find Paul in Acts 16 was in a prison cell. It looked like he never escaped. It looked like he never get out. But the Bible says, but at midnight that Paul opened up his mouth and began to praise. Paul began to worship. See, midnight was the darkest hour. It was the toughest time. It had been dark for five hours. It wouldn't be light for five hours. And Paul was in his darkest moment. And Paul said, the only way I'm getting out of this one is to pray and to worship. The only way I'm getting out of this one is to open up my mouth. And the Bible says, when Paul began to praise, something began to shake. See, dead things respond to loud noises. I travel and say, why do you have to be so loud? I'm, I'm offended how loud you are up there. I'm going, I'm offended how quiet you are down there. I mean, people get so offended in the church. We are living in a day where everybody is offended about everything. You can't post or say anything. I heard somebody recently say, oh, brother, you offended me several years back. And I'm going, it's weird because you don't come to church anymore because you're offended. Yeah, you got cussed out at the grocery store last week. And you keep going back there. You got cussed out at the gym but you keep going back there you get made fun of by your boss but you keep showing up to work and one little petty offense one little change in preference and we stop coming to the house of God but I, David said that I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to party with the wicked that better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere he said I'd rather spend the rest of my days David said if I had one wish and one desire it would be to dwell in the house of the Lord forever friend you are in the right place this is the place where you could break out of your situation this is the place where the presence and the anointing of God can move freely this is the place where you draw a line in the sand and say if God be for me what could stand against me this is the place where you push back on every demonic force. This is not the place to be quiet. This is not the place to be complacent. This is not the place. Why? Because it's not just you that's depending on your praise. You have friends and you have families and you have a community that are depending upon your worship and depending upon your praise. See, if it was just me depending on my praise, I wouldn't have to be that wild and excited because maybe I don't need that much of a breakthrough. See, but when I get the revelation that there are people in my row that need my flow, when I get the revelation that I have family members that need me 
need to praise. I have friends that aren't here that I'm going to praise in. See, Paul said, I'm not going to let my darkness and the situation that I'm going through now stop me from responding and stop me from the presence of God. He said, even when everything isn't working out. See, it's one thing to praise when the bills are paid. It's another thing to praise when there's no money in the account. It's one thing to praise when the church is packed out. It's another thing to praise when the city says you'll never make it. It's one thing to praise when everything's fine in your body. It's another thing to praise that when you have back pain and when you have knee pain. See, but it's in the moment of trial. It's in the moment of pain that your greatest praise is born. It's at midnight where you have to begin to praise. I wonder if there's anyone in this place this morning that has a midnight praise. See, it was only the midnight praise that opened up the cells. And the Bible says it wasn't just Paul's cell that opened, but everybody around Paul got delivered. What if your praise was the key to unlocking your family? What if your shout, I wonder how loud we shout if our family was at stake. I wonder how wild we praise if our marriage was at stake. I wonder how desperate we'd be. You know, pastor, as I travel, I meet a lot of people that need deliverance, healing, and breakthrough. I go to a lot of dead churches, and there are people that come to me saying, Isaiah, I'm so desperate for God to move. I'm so desperate for a miracle, a sign, and wonder. But I look at them the way that they act in service, the way that they act at the altar, and the way that they act at their home, and I wonder how desperate the church really is. See, when we do altar calls and people are walking like this to the altar, walking like they have 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour to get there, I wonder where the desperation is. I believe that God is going to raise up a remnant of people that say there is a desperation on the inside of me Isaiah I got to get the anointing today if I don't get the fire and the presence of God I'm not going to make it let me be open and transparent with you today I probably preached over 20 services this month and I woke up at 6 something this morning and I said God if you don't touch me in that meeting if your fire doesn't meet me in that place if your anointing doesn't show up I don't have notes or nothing to fall back. I need your anointing and your presence. I need a book of Acts encounter. I can't go another day without your presence. See, God is searching around saying, who would be desperate enough to say, God, I need the flame today. There is a flame that has my name. I need your presence. I need your fire. I need your anointing. I can't walk out out of this place without the fire I don't need just a t-shirt I need the presence of God to break into my situation I need the presence of God to break into my marriage I need the presence of God to break into my business I came for the presence I didn't get out of bed fly from California to play a little tickle me Elmo and a patty cake fortune cookie prophetic word I came to encounter the bulldozer of the Holy Spirit that's getting ready to break down some walls. That's getting ready to break down some strongholds. Paul prays. And the Bible says, every prison door opened. 
Not just the people that deserved it, but the people that didn't deserve it. God is getting ready because of the American church to open up the prison doors of America and begin to release captives on an unprecedented level. Friend, we are living in the darkest moment of human history, and I believe that where darkness abounds, the grace abound is even greater. There is a wave and a tsunami of revival that is getting ready to hit America, and I'm not going to be like a Pharisee and let it pass me by. There are many that will continue to play church the Lord spoke to me very clearly prophetically he said Isaiah there will be many in the American church that are not even aware of the wave of revival I'm about to release there will be many that are sound asleep he said they will be comfortable in their chains they will be comfortable in their prison cell in fact the most perplexing part of this story is that when every prison door opened the jailer was about to take his own life and Paul said do not kill yourself he said all of us are still here and that is a picture of what happens in the American church God says I'm going to open up your prison door I'm going to deliver you from addiction I'm going to deliver you from bondage and we're so comfortable we don't even leave the prison cell some of us have carpet in our prison cell some of us have high speed internet in our prison cell some of us are comfortable where we're at and God says if I open up the door then you need to run out of that door if I open up the window you need to jump out the window stop living your life in prison and acting like everything's fine he says I want you to come out I want to deliver you I want to set you free from the bondage of the enemy now I can't get delivered with somebody else's praise. I can't get delivered with somebody else's worship. Somebody else's shout is not going to save me. See, we have a bunch of cheerleaders in the church that have been taught all you have to do is cheer on the man of God. And all you have to do is cheer on the leader or the person next to you. And God will deliver you. But God says, you're going to have to begin to get this thing on my own. That means I'm going to pray on my own. I'm going to fast on my own. I'm not depending on anybody to praise for me. I'm not depending on anyone to pray for me I mean can you imagine what would happen in this place if every one of us lived this thing out all week long if the supernatural became natural if God raised up an army and raised up a remnant that wasn't afraid of jumping in it wasn't afraid of saying you know what God there's this magical button on my phone called power most people don't even know how to turn off their phones and God says I'm calling you to shut every other eye idol and thing in your life down and pick up my word and pick up the sword of the Lord and to begin to fight darkness with the word begin to fight darkness with praise because I don't know about you but I refuse to let him pass me by I refuse to sit back while God is moving look at how cute all the young people some of you sit back and you go, and I'm trying to be nice, I promise. I'm not gonna take long, I'm gonna take like five more Pentecostal minutes. I'm trying to be nice so I get invited back. Okay, so second service, I might not be as nice. Next time I come back, I might not be, but I'm just trying to be gentle, I'm trying to be nice. But there are some of you that are sitting back and you are cheering on the young people and you are shouting for the young people. But I'm going, what is God doing in your life? What is God doing in your marriage? Is there a time where you get in your prayer closet at 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. and I'm talking? 
talking about getting lost in the spirit. I remember days where I would go into prayer and I thought only 15 minutes had passed and I went at 9 a.m. and came out at 2 p.m. and I didn't even realize I was translated into a new dimension. I'm talking about going into your prayer closet and saying, I'm not coming out until I'm a better husband. Some of you ladies back your husband. I'm not coming out until I'm a better wife. I'm not coming out until God changes me, until God restores me. There's an old saying that young people don't know. It's called praying until. It means I'm going to pray until God moves. I'm going to shout until God moves. I'm going to be relentless. I'm not taking no as an answer. There is an invitation this morning going out for revival and I'm not letting it pass me by. I'm not waiting around. Paul said, I long to be with you that I might impart spiritual gifts. I believe there's revival happening in this place. I believe the presence of God. By the way, second service will be completely different. I believe the presence of God is moving. I believe we're already in a move of God. I'm amazed by all that God is doing here. But I prayed. I said, God, what is my assignment in this place? What do you want me here for? And what do you want to do? And God said simply, Isaiah, you are there to impart the supernatural anointing and the gift of awakening and revival. I'm talking lifestyle. My clothing line is revival lifestyle. We are not talking about an event. We are not talking about an extended service. We are talking about every day waking up in the presence and the fire of God. We're talking about the fire waking you up and the cloud putting you to bed. We are talking about walking in the anointing and communion with Holy Spirit, walking in power and in fire. See, Paul told the church, I long to be with you that I might impart supernatural gifts on you. Paul said, you can't get it over Facebook Live. You can't get this thing over Instagram. If you're down the street watching and you go to church through the internet that is not biblical Paul said I want to be there with you so that I could impart something in the supernatural see I know that as I preach in this place I'm not just imparting in the natural but I'm speaking in the supernatural atmosphere I'm speaking to demonic powers and principalities I'm speaking to angelic beings that are answering the prayers of the saints I believe that God is setting up a Jacob's ladder in this house where the angels of the Lord are going to ascend and descend where this is going to be an open atmosphere for miracle signs and wonders and I'm believing that your best days are ahead of you and not behind you I believe that God is saving the best wine for last and hungry generation you have not seen anything yet but as Jesus told the Daniel, you're about to see far greater things than you've ever seen or experienced. Let me, let me share this for five minutes and I'm done. The invite went out, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, I believe it's chapter 22. And the Bible says those that God invited, those that were the church, the nominal American Christian, I was raised in Catholic church or Baptist church or Pen whatever background religious thing you came from, the invitation went out and they were so busy, the Bible says with life, they were so busy doing their own thing. One said, I just got married. Another said, I just bought property. It was not the devil that kept them back from the invitation of revival. It was not the devil that kept 
came them back from the move of God. It was the busyness of everyday life. Let me tell you something, and I know this is contrary to popular belief, and I know you're probably going to throw something at me if I say this, but if my job is holding me back from the calling and the move of God in my life, then it is time to get another job. If the girlfriend that I'm with is holding me back from accepting the invitation, it's time to break up with that girl. If that guy is holding me back from the destiny and the assignment that God has on my life, I give you permission to text message breakup. I don't know what it is that's holding you back, but when I get that invitation, I refuse to be too busy. See, the Bible says that when they came back, they told the master, well, they didn't want to show up and they didn't want to respond. And so he said, go to the highways and go to the byways and begin to invite people that were never intended to be a part of the wedding banquet. See, this was a prophetic picture of an end time move of God that first was introduced in the church. And when the church did not accept the invitation, revival is a divine invitation to be in a great commission or partnership with the presence of God. One person said that when God gets tired of people misrepresenting him, revival is God representing himself. See, God wants to raise you up as an ambassador, as a representative of his kingdom. To go to the highways and the byways. So watch this, Pastor. So what happened was the fact that the God was raising up the atheist, and I'm going to get to my story here in five minutes, that God was raising up the drug addict, that God was raising up the gangbanger, that God was raising up those from the back and bringing them to the front, the fact that God was going out into trap houses instead of his house to raise up end-time revivalists, watch, was a sign, this is scary stuff, was a sign that the church has already missed the invitation. See, when God was not able to find it in the church, he said, I have to look outside the church. That's my where my story began at 19 years old. I was an atheist. Every other word was an F word. I didn't know any preachers. I didn't know any speakers. I wanted nothing to do with God. I was raised in church. I had got, not gone for three years. I was with a girl for four years about to marry her. I was getting hired as a police officer. I graduated high school at 16. I graduated college at 19 with my degree. I wanted nothing to do with the presence or the anointing of God. And my sister kept bugging me. Isaiah just go to church for about eight months she bugged me and I told my girlfriend we're going to go just to shut my sister up and I remember walking through the doors of that church January 12th of 2011 I said God I don't want nothing to do with you I'm never coming back after today you may have stumbled in this place and not realizing that you're about to get caught up in a divine whirlwind of the Holy Spirit that you're about to get caught up in a move of revival that God is getting ready to mark you, stamp you, and send you out in first class mail to the nations of this world. Two minutes, two minutes. I'm saying, God, I don't want nothing to do with you. And I'll never forget I was sitting in that service. As the preacher began to preach, I literally felt something pulling on my shirt. I felt a tugging. I was sitting in the very back of a church that seats about 3,000 people. And I felt the presence and the anointing of God pulling on my shirt. I felt the fire of God pulling on my shirt. And I ran to that altar. And let me give you a long story short because I don't have time to tell it in the next service. I ran to that altar. I said, God, I don't believe in you. I said, but if you tell me you're real and show me you're 
real. I will lay down everything. I said, I'll, I'll move out of state. I said, I'll travel the world. I'll break up with my girlfriend. And an audible voice of heaven broke out in that moment and said, Isaiah, I don't want 99.9% .9 of you, but I want all of you. I'm going to use you. Friend, for the last nine years, I saw myself nine years ago standing on a stage just like this, preaching all over America. And the Lord took me up into heaven, begin to show me what I was going to do, begin to show me my calling. And I came back down. I was at the altar for about 45 minutes. It felt like 10 seconds. Literal dirt was coming out of my eyes, not supernatural, not spiritual. God was literally removing the dirty scales off of my eyes. I went home. I didn't sleep for three days. I literally lost my mind. I didn't eat for two weeks. I was seeing angels and demons everywhere. See, God says, I have to go to the atheist. I have to go to the highways and the byways. I have to raise up revivalists. Why? Because they won't take credit for what I'm doing. They won't take credit for my anointing. There is one thing that God won't share, and that's his glory. God is a jealous God, and he's not willing to share. Let me end here. Let me end here. So my uncle was in New York, Pastor Vlad, and they called him up. He had been in ministry for 30 years. They said, we don't know what to do with Isaiah. Literally, they couldn't take me on public. I was prophesying over animals. I mean, I was just I was just out there. I was like seeing demons. I'm like, you have a demon. I mean, everything. I was out of control 14 hours. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm talking about 15 hours. If you sat down with me, I was going to talk for 15 hours. Some of you were here going, oh, man, he talks real fast. I talk a quarter of the speed of what I used to talk. I was so obsessed and so encountered by the presence of God. I broke up with my girlfriend four years I know everyone's gonna grin right here over a text message I left I called my lieutenant I said I don't want the job I'm not gonna be doing law enforcement I'm gonna be do kingdom enforcement and my uncle a long story short my uncle said what's the mandate what's God saying and I said God says there's gonna be a revival and he said where'd you hear that word I said I don't know I had yet to open the Bible I'd yet to read a book I just knew that the audible voice of God said Isaiah if you begin to pray if you begin to consecrate your life I will break out an organic grassroots revival in your living room like America has never seen and so I begin to get a couple of my party friends all my friends that I were partying with were calling me saying where's the party at and I was saying come to my house and they were coming over my house and they were getting delivered of demons getting healed in their body the first week we gathered to pray I got saved and three days later I was preaching I didn't graduate Bible college yet I didn't go through cemetery I mean seminary yet I didn't have any fancy dress or anything. I just knew that God had touched my life. See, the Bible says in Acts 1.8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be a witness unto me. God is raising up end time witnesses that say, I'm going to testify to your mercy and your grace. I mean, let me in, let me in. The first week, 30 people showed up. 60 people the next week, 90 people the next week, 120. I have it in my journal. I have a hard time believing it until I go back and I read it. Within three to four months in my living room, I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about a denomination. There was no Facebook, no flyers, no internet, no nothing. There was four to 500 people gathering in a house. Everywhere. How'd you fit them? I have a large country home. We packed them out. We had two living rooms, a kitchen, a hallway, and we packed them out. I'm talking about when I'm preaching, I'm not lying. You can watch on YouTube. People are sitting on my feet. 
feet and I'm baptizing the first nine rows in saliva I was sitting there standing I couldn't move I would stand like this pastor and I would preach until I was blue in the face I'd preach until I was soaking wet and people were getting miraculously healed there's videos of people outside looking through the windows people are flying out of state and they couldn't even get a spot inside we had people gathering at my house at 8 o'clock in the morning when service didn't start till 7 just to get a spot in the room it wasn't a man it wasn't a preacher but God says if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me I was saved about 11 months hundreds of people were coming to my house and I got a call they said we want you to speak with Reinhard Bonnke on God TV I said Reinhard Hooey I didn't know who Reinhard Bonnke was I didn't even know the names of the 12 disciples yet and I sat there I looked up his name and I preached with him had lunch with him on God TV there was over 20 million viewers and for the last nine years I've been traveling full-time preaching revival and awakening in the church and watch not just traveling and preaching but for nine years the revival has been burning in California and I've been pastoring that revival friend I want to prophesy over you that the revival that God wants to start he doesn't want to end if I can get the worship team up here I believe there is a revival anointing that God wants to release in this place a living room revival a lifestyle revival where you say God I'm tired of average friend in that revival not only did my parents get saved my sister got saved. My brother, who is one of the biggest drug dealers in our area, who is going a week later to plant a drug house in San Francisco, he got radically saved. He now has three Christian albums. He's on the worship team, has a clothing line, a nursing school. My little sister got saved, who's now married, just had her first baby. My older sister got saved, who just became a lawyer two weeks ago. I want to tell you that what God is doing in this house and what God is doing in America is not just for the church, but it is for your home. I believe that God is going to restore marriages in this house. I believe that God is going to restore your mind in this house. I know some of you got invited. It's your first time. This is not the religion that you are used to. This is not like the church that you grew up in. For the word says that God is getting ready to do a new thing. And we got to let go of the old so that God could break out the new. If you're in this place today and you say, Isaiah, I know we're over on time you say Isaiah I want revival I want that anointing I want something to spark in my life I'm tired of the average I'm tired of the normal I'm tired of the status quo I need God's presence and I need God's fire like never before then right now as fast as you can I want you to come out of your chair and I want you to get to this altar if you say Isaiah I'm asking God today come on don't be scared don't sit back this is for not just us this is for you you find a place in this altar push your way forward and say God let it start in me today God I need your anointing I need your presence I need your fire like never before God would you awaken me would you break me out of slumber God I accept the invitation God, don't pass me by. God, don't pass me by. Come on, you got to tell the Lord, I'm not too busy for you, God. I'm not too busy for your anointing. Some of you have gotten busy. 
You've let marriages and families and businesses get in the way. And today God says, I'm jealous. And you need to be careful because if there is anything in my way, I will remove whatever is in my way. I don't care if it's a car, a house, money. I will remove your job if it's in the way. Tonight is your, this morning is your moment to say, God, I lay it down before you. God, there is a hunger on the inside of me. There is a desperation on the inside of me. I need revival and awakening right now. With every eye closed, let's begin to ask him. There is a revival impartation. There is a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. There is a new move that is breaking out in America. And I'm going to be like blind Bartimaeus. When everyone tells me to shut up, I'm going to scream all the louder. I'm not letting the presence pass me by. I'm not letting the anointing pass me by. I'm not letting the fire pass me by. This is my moment right now. Come on, call out to him. Come on, you don't need someone to lay hands on you right now. Come on, this is our moment to contend. Come on, let's give, let's go after it for just five minutes here. Let's ask God, God, would you break out, God? Or would you break out in an unprecedented way? God, would you send revival like we've never seen it, God? Lord, like you did it in Manteca, California. God, let there be an Azusa Street moment. Let there be an Azusa Street awakening, God. You are the God that will do it again. If you did it 100 years ago in California, you said, am I not good enough to do it again? My arm is not weak, says the Lord. My ear is not deaf, says the Lord. But I'm getting ready to do it again. Some of you have lost your flame. You've lost your passion. And the Lord says, I'm going to restore. And I'm going to renew your fire. I'm going to renew your passion. I'm going to renew your hunger. Oh, God, awaken us this morning, God. Lord, impart on us, God, revival, Lord. God, we can't leave this place without your fire. Oh, God, we can't leave this place without your name marked on our life, God. Lord, every other lover has to lay down, God. Every other idol has to bow. There is a king above every king's in this house. God, we're not going to rush you right now, God. Move in this house. God, we're praying breakout, Lord break out Lord come on just call upon him come on in your own way you don't need anyone to lay hands on you right now there's a cry there's a midnight cry there's a midnight praise there's a midnight praise come on when you praise God inhabits your praise some scholars believe that it wasn't Paul's praise that broke him out of prison it was Paul's praise that invoked God's presence and when God came down he said I'm not gonna fit in your prison cell God wants to come down and he doesn't fit in your box he's getting ready to break your mindset he's getting ready to break that religious spirit he's getting ready to push back every demonic power Oh, we're gonna praise a little bit and we're gonna go after God just for a couple minutes come on on. This is a sovereign moment. This is a this is a cry of our heart. Let your glory feel this Come on, let that be your prayer. Let your love, let your love run over. Here and now, let your love run over.
Come on, ask him in your marriage. Come on, this is you and God this morning. Ask him in your finances. Ask him in your mind. Say, God, relight the fire of my heart. God, if you did it in California, God, you could do it in my own life, God. You could do it in my own family, God. Awaken me today, God. Awaken me today, God. Lord, break me out of this casual, this complacent, this once-a-week Christian life that is nowhere in the Bible. Lord, your word says you'd rather me be hot or cold, but God, you don't want me in the middle. God, we pray that you would get us out of the middle, God. And Lord, you would light us on fire. God, that this week there would be change, God. There would be breakthrough, God. We accept the invitation. God, we are not too busy for your fire. God, we are not too busy for your anointing. God, if you could turn an atheist like me and make him a revivalist, God, what could you do in this house? God, what miracles could you do amongst these people, God? Lord, awaken our heart, God, challenge us. Some of you, it's the music, it's the movies, there's stuff quenching the fire. And God says it's time to lay down every other idol and every other lover. I am jealous, my name is Jealousy break it right now come on every demonic power that is holding you back I break it by the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus Satan your power is broken off these young people God I pray that you would awaken the sleeping giant the Lord says there is a sleeping giant on the inside of you and God says I'm getting ready to wake up what you didn't even know was there some of you have that have been timid and have been shy God says there is a roar that is getting ready to be released there is a sound that is getting ready to break out that we are living in the latter rain outpouring we are living in the last day rain where God is moving upon his people where God is moving upon this earth where blind eyes are going to get open like never before where deaf ears are going to get open like never before that God says I will have the last word in America I will have the last word in your situation that the enemy does not have the last word that sickness does not have the last word that addiction does not have the last word but I am the author and I am the finisher and I'm going to finish what I started that if I be uh, come on I'm preaching the word that if I've begun the good work the Lord says I will finish it all I need is a desperation all I need is a cry all I need is a hunger God we are ready do what you want to do God we are ready move in a powerful way God, we say with tongues of fire, with the power of the Spirit, God, awaken us today, God. Awaken us today, God. Bring your fire. Bring your power. Yes. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at HungryGen. Stay blessed, and we'll see you next week.